Welcome everyone to another episode of the Bleed Hockey Podcast. Um, yeah, um, we have decent news today. Um, so without further ado, let's dive right in. Uh, first off, Seattle. Hey, Seattle, can you please, for all of us here that uh, love the NHL and, you know, also, ironically, wearing a previous expansion team's uh, stuff. Um, can you, you know, name your team, please? Uh, that'd be great. Uh, but hey, um, Seattle would be like, no, fuck you. you ain't, you're not going to find out what the team name is. However, we we're going to tell you what we're going to call our arena, though. Um, so Jeff Bezos... Uh, CEO and founder of Amazon has uh, purchased the rights to name the uh, Seattle NHL Arena, formerly known as Key Arena. I thought that I read somewhere. I know I said it somewhere uh, that they're supposed to be naming it like the Alaska Airlines atrium, uh, blah, 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 blah. Um, but apparently that's not the case. Uh, it's going to be named the Climate Pledge Arena, not the Amazon Arena. No, it's going to be just the Climate Pledge uh, Arena, um, which with that, uh, Amazon will be teaming up with the team uh, to make this arena the very first in the entire world, not just the NHL, NBA, whatever, the entire world, first zero net uh, carbon arena in the world powered exclusively by renewable energy um and yeah so that's all good news apparently also like there's ambonis can be electric um recycling like everything so um at least we have a name for that i mean i guess but now they can finally stop pussyfooting around and uh, give us our fucking name please thinking please and thank you um, and speaking of arenas and stuff like that, uh, I point to my Arizona Coyotes, uh, little, uh, patch board here, patch banner that, um, we're on the street with, uh, Javier or Xavier, uh, Gutierrez of the Arizona Coyotes making it a, uh, a pertinent thing that he would like to, uh, make sure that this Arizona Coyotes team has in the near future is a stable arena situation, uh, which it would appear this may be the final last hitch effort to keep the Coyotes in Arizona, even though um, the owner has stated that he wants to keep them in Arizona. And, uh, Gutierrez is also basically, you know, being hired to make sure that this team uh, stays in Arizona. But, you know, sports in Arizona don't really get the the love, you know, around there. Um, much love around there. Um, but, you know, it's important for the Arizona Coyotes organization to try to not be a at a year-to-year uh, stance with uh, Gila River Arena, which is where they currently play out in Glendale. Um, I know that the NHL, initially, they really want 
to go to uh, Phoenix, moving Phoenix instead of Glendale. But um, we're going to have to wait and see about that. But um, I just hope that regardless, uh, the Arizona Coyotes do what they need to do to stay around. Um, but, but with that said, 2021, 2022 season, which is also ironically in very much ironically and much more of a coincidence because I did not mean to segue from Seattle to Arizona because in that same year, Seattle, whatever the fucks uh, are going to be in the league that uh, year. So Arizona will be moving from the Pacific Division to the Central Division, where your 2019 Stanley Cup champions are 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 there, um, uh, lurking to beat the living crap out of them uh, more days. Than not actually, it was complete bullshit there because the Coyotes lately have been having our numbers. So, a you know it happens. Um, but with that conversation. If this stable arena situation can happen, then maybe, just maybe, um, this uh, the Arizona Coyotes relocate after 20 years. And numerous bad uh, owners, bad, just bad finances, numerous bailouts by the NHL, finally relocating them and i'm just saying i know houston is a big cop out but hear me out if realistically realistically if houston is going to get an nhl team do you really think that the nhl would rather them get the coyotes and maybe paying like whatever relocation fee that they might have, which is going to be substantially lower than what a, uh, you know, franchise fee of like what Seattle paid six hundred fifty million, and then these whole Golden Knights here, uh, five hundred million, would be substantially lower than that, I would imagine. Um, but would you think that? you'd give them Houston. No. If they do, they do. I mean, whatever. But if you're going to move the Coyotes, now hear me out. All right, hear me out. We're in a central division. I understand, you know, instant thing with Dallas. Yeah, I understand that. But that's small picture. All right, that's a small picture item here. Now let's think here. Let's think. Um... And even though I'm kind of in a time crunch, uh, and we're nowhere near done with uh, talking about this shit, but but hey, hear me out. You know, uh, uh, stay with me here. Stay with me here. If I can stay with myself here, real quick. Um, so Arizona, if they had to move, Houston, yeah, instant thing with Dallas. Yeah, whatever. Cool, cool, cool. But what if we moved them to Kansas City? Now I know you're what you're thinking. Why? Why? Didn't they try doing it in Kansas City before? Yeah, yeah. But it was in the 70s, and it was a much different time here. All right? Now, what you do, right, you bring back the scouts, all right? Get whatever 
thing you need from New Jersey to make the scouts happen because they, I guess they still technically own the rights to the scouts naming. You bring the scouts, rename the Coyotes to scouts, move them to Kansas City. They have a wonderful building known as the Sprint Center, uh, unless they change the name because Sprint and T-Mobile merged and all that fun business. But then, not only for us St. Louis fans here, with the Cardinals and the Royals with the I-70 series there, you also have a rivalry, I-70 series, between the Blues and the, we're going to call them Scouts instead of the Coyotes. That, and also on I-70, you have in Kansas City, straight across Kansas, and to Denver. Travel, wonderful. Even though that they wouldn't be traveling by bus, they'd be traveling by air, but still, same premise. Then, you know, not too far over St. Louis, you also have Chicago going, you know, northeast. And then going southeast, you have uh, Nashville. And then also Dallas isn't too far away. It's a central location in the central division. It makes so much sense. It makes, honestly, way more sense than putting him, relocating them in Houston. Now, don't, now, I'm not saying that putting a team in Houston does not make sense at all. It makes sense. but in the business sense that how the NHL has been operating lately, I would go on to say that if anything, if the Arizona Coyotes were to move, it wouldn't to be moving to Houston where they could guaranteed get almost damn near a billion dollars, a billion dollars. They could, you could probably, you could probably be like, Hey Houston, you give us $1 billion or even like, 750 or like three quarter uh, billion and we'll give you a team and same rules applied to the same. You get the same rules with uh, what Seattle's going to get and what the golden Knights got and bet your ass. They won't even question twice. They won't try to haggle you down. They will accept. And that's money for all the owners. So tell me this, why would they pass on a potential to make that much more money? by moving a team to Houston instead of making a team in Houston. Think about that. Just think about it. Think about it. But I'm just saying, if the Coyotes were to move on, please, hockey gods, you've been so good to me lately, move them to Kansas City. Please, please, please and thank you. In other news, um, injured uh, player alert here, Vladimir Tarasenko. Oh, uh, Lord Tarasenko is back on the ice practicing with the boys, you know, getting that, you know, sh- uh, shoulder all, you know, getting it, you know, warmed up, getting ready to get the game speed uh, when they decide to open up a phase three of training uh, to actually, you know, kick off a actual training camp. Um, He's on the ice as well as Oscar Limbaugh of the Philadelphia Flyers. So um, dealing with his um, illness uh, back on the ice, the boys as well. Um, And uh, hopefully he'll be uh, coming back soon. So that's a, Good to see. And now um, 
getting into because we kind of had to speed some stuff up. Um, Hockey Hall of Fame inductees have been uh, called and let them and was uh, told by old Landon McDonald, uh, former 1989 uh, Stanley Cup champion. Was well, not former because he actually is a 1989 Stanley Cup champion, but I digress. Same with Al McGinnis. Um, your six inductees into the Hall of Fame: uh, Marion Hossa, uh, Roman Iginla, uh, Ken Holland, Kevin Lowe, Doug Wilson, and Kim St. Pierre. Uh, just going over uh, at least. Uh, playing stats um not necessarily going over the uh awards um we have uh 1554 games played for all iggy uh jerome uh Iginla, 625 goals 675 assists and 1300 points not a bad career for old iggy um, it's a shame he never won a cup with uh, Calgary, but you know, shit happens. Uh, Ken Holland, Wings GM from 1997 to 2019, currently the Edmonton Oilers' is, uh, general uh, general manager. Uh, won three cups for the Red Wings, and um, rest is history. That's what they say. Uh, Marin Hosa. Uh, 1,309 games played, 525 goals, 609 assists, 1,134 points as a player. Uh, Absolutely wonderful guy to watch play, regardless of the fact that, you know, majority of the time that I watched him play, it was against, you know, my Blues when he was part of the Blackhawks. So, I mean, one of those players on the Blackhawks, or at least have played for the Blackhawks, that... I do like, I, I most definitely respect, but this is sad that they are on my, you know, most hated team and all that jazz. And we have the Kevin Lowe here, uh, 1,254 games played, 84 goals, 347 assists, 431 points. Now I know you're in there and there's a whole bunch of, people that are uh waiting to get that phone call um but which apparently mcgillney uh, still uh haven't gotten the call there are a whole bunch of other guys that have way more points than him and a whole bunch of better stats than what he does other than the fact that he has six cups he there is much other better people that you could put in there all right just saying um kim st pierre uh part of uh hockey canada uh their women's team uh won gold 2002 2006 2010 in olympics five golds at the iihf championships the women's championships um and you know it's good to see, you know, women into the uh, Hall of Fame as well. It's great. And uh, congrats to her. And Doug Wilson, current general manager of the San Jose Sharks, uh, 1,000, 
24 games played, 237 goals, 590 assists, 827 points. And that is your class of 2020 Hockey Hall of Fame inductees. Yay! Uh, yeah. New Jersey Devils. The New Jersey Devils, if I can pronounce my damn words, uh, have narrowed down their head coaching candidates to five per Elliot Friedman. Or is what I call him Hockey Santa because he looks like Santa with his big old roughy uh, beard that he's been growing. Um, so you have uh, Elaine Nazardine, who's currently the interim uh, head coach after the firing of John Hines. Uh, Gerard Gallant, uh, which I would say he might be a top first, uh, a first pick until you see... Peter Laviolette. Yeah. Before we go go into that. John Stevens. I mean, he wasn't too bad for the the Kings. I think it's what also kind of did him under uh, with the Kings is the fact that they were a team that was, you know, on the decline anyway after those two cups and so on and so forth and you know he was just that guy to get him in the transition and to starting to rebuild so i mean hey um maybe or maybe he gets an assistant coach job uh coach job uh for the devils and you know if she hits the fan then put him in there i don't know um all off the top of my head i don't really know of any uh teams in the NHL right now that really need a coaching change. So uh, the Devils right now seem to be the only uh, opening as of right now, but the season is not over yet. Even though it feels like it, it is not yet. Um, and also Lindy Ruff is in the mix as he's currently an assistant coach for Rangers and his last head coaching job was part of the stars. Now I will say, him head coaching the stars, you know, was quite interesting. Although his most notable head coaching job was when he was the head coach of the Sabres, when the Sabres had, were reversing the those aforementioned Dallas Stars in the 1999 Stanley Cup final. And uh, we all know what happened after that. So, um, yeah, um, I would imagine, well, first off, Apparent if if Elaine Nazardine is their head coach is in their head coach candidates thing still, I mean, if you already have the guy, I mean, why not? But at the same time, Gerard Gallant though, and Peter Laviolette though, I mean, can't really go wrong with either or. I mean. The only difference is that Peter Laviolette actually has a cup to his name. So do that with what you will. And other news, um, which also Peter Laviolette, to have a cheap little segue, Peter Laviolette winning that Stanley Cup in 2006 with the Carolina Hurricanes, um, which I you know, had to make a cheap uh, little segue because the Carolina Hurricanes have announced that they're home jerseys that they will be wearing during the qualifiers and the uh, 
playoffs, even though a lot of people will say that the qualifiers will count as being in the playoffs. Um, you know, agree to disagree, um, which we'll get into that agree to disagree in a minute. Um, they will be wearing their little black alternative uh, hurricane flag jerseys instead of the traditional red jersey, which I think actually, I, I mean, I honestly feel like, especially if they have the word mark canes for with the little hurricane lo, uh, hurricane flags on the uh, lettering, I think it was on the A or the C on there um further ways and then they have and they're playing their alternates as the homes why not just rebrand the hurricanes with the flag instead of the little hurricane little puck looking logo and do that instead just rebrand it and, and the same goes for the Arizona Coyotes because the Arizona Coyotes wear the Kachinas for their uh, home jerseys, which then also been a lot of, you know, talk about, you know, which logo's better? And everyone keeps voting for the damn Kachina one, <laughs> which I'm just saying, just rebrand them. Just rebrand the Coyotes to the Kachinas, you know, homes in a ways, and, and rebrand the uh, Carolina Hurricanes away from their current logo into the uh, flags. Yeah. And in other news, in the Eastern Conference as well, Tampa Bay Lightning, after closing their training facilities because of uh, three members of their team staff, regardless if it's players or whatever, they didn't really disclose, um, and for good measure, because also there's this little thing called a HIPAA law, all right, they're not supposed to be disclosing those kinds of things on the in the media. Um, cough, cough. Uh, people in Toronto, cough, cough. Stop talking uh, about Austin Matthews. <laughs> um, they have reopened their training facilities, so uh, getting back to work there. Good to see. Which then also talking about next season. Um, so apparently. Corrin Street NHL will be locking their cap. That's uh, the current cap is 81.5. Apparently, they're going to be uh, is expected to be locked in uh, around that 81.5 million dollar marker for the next three seasons to ensure that any kind of loss of revenue, because no fans, no you know stuff, yeah, no fans or no games being played. because of the whole COVID-19 bullshit uh, don't uh, lead to, you know, having to cut back the cap and then really fucking up teams like the blues and other teams that are like really up on the cap anyway. Um, And don't or Toronto and don't have that much, if any cap space, unless they just happen to, you know, circumvent that by, uh, you know, injuring some players i'm not saying that they're going to do some shady shit like that but i'm saying you know maybe you find your expensive guys and you be hey maybe you know do this to get on ltir so we don't have to you know pay or at least count it toward the cap you know yeah you know um i I, you know get inside though but um 
yeah, they're expected to have at least a locked cap for the next three seasons to, you know, not have that dip. But also, teams uh, will be allowing will be allowed to have 30 skaters and unlimited contracted goaltenders for phase three, which will be training camp. Apparently, that's going to happen on July 10th, which is... So today, today, no, words, today is the 27th. So a week from today, Independence Day, whoop, whoop, America Day. So it's about roughly two weeks from today because the 10th is on a Friday. So, yeah, so that's cool. And during... Phase four, which will be the play-ins and playoffs and all that fun shit. Uh, they will be allowed to have 28 skaters and also unlimited contracted goalies. So keep all your goalies. Also, I mean, at the same time, you know, kind of have to because the AHL canceled their season. The ECHL canceled their season. So legitimately the only team, the only league in the NHL's a uh, little uh, ladder of, you know, leagues, of feeder leagues and stuff like that. They're the only ones left. Um, so it's not like you can send those goalies that aren't, you know, riding the pine, you know, down to get some tune-up games or anything like that because they're just going to be sitting at home. So, <laughs> you know, I was just saying, uh, yeah. In other news, which initially the title of this episode was um the host city saga continues obviously that didn't make the cut because of the uh draft lottery but uh which we'll be talking about in one second here but um yeah so pittsburgh dallas and columbus have been uh taken out of the running to be a host city for the return of the nhl for the season um so the only teams left in the in the uh, fold here is Vegas, which is what I'm wearing right now, Chicago, L.A., Edmonton, Toronto, and Vancouver. Um, but with the uh, someone that I think is like the Minister of Health or something like that in uh, British Columbia um, coming out and being like, oh, well, you know, this might not be the best idea or whatever. Uh, Vancouver might not necessarily be – a good choice um or at least a choice that any nhl might be uh entertaining a lot of a lot of noise has been made between vegas edmonton and toronto um and also i don't know if it means anything if because they're gonna have two cities right i don't know if it's gonna matter if they have to have a team half if they have to have a city representing the Eastern Conference and Western Conference, or is it just two cities? Because if it's the East and West, and obviously Toronto, congratulations, you're a host city. But since they haven't confirmed that, I would imagine it's just, hey, you know, we're just going to pick two cities and call it that. So if that's the case, then Toronto still might not make it. Although if I'm being frank here, if you're going to have a host city, you're going to have to put one in Canada. You're just going to have to. Especially if you went through all of the damn trouble 
to ask Justin Trudeau to be like, hey, do we need to uh, quarantine these guys? You know, can we not, you know, quarantine these guys coming across the border because, you know, you know, money uh, and playing games, um, which, you know, he is saying, yeah, you know, whatever. So out of all the Canadian uh, cities, I would put Toronto, obviously, number one, mainly because it's the, I want to say it's the biggest city in Toronto and Canada, I want to say, I want to say that that's true or not, or at least one of the biggest. That, which would mean that they'd have a lot of, you know, hotels to ho- the house to players. Uh, they have the Scotiabank Arena. They have a whole bunch of ice there. A fuck ton of ice there because it's fucking Canada. <laughs> and, you know, so on and so forth. And Edmonton, you could agree the same, although uh, it's obviously not, you know, at the scale of Toronto. But, I mean, it's up there. Um, but, you know... With that said, uh, I'm getting a with the whole, especially with the whole, the housing thing, and also how new the facilities are for Vegas. I cannot see, I cannot see a any sort of um, s- scenario where. Vegas is not one of those te- uh, cities. There's no way. Now, you know, color me surprised if that happens, but I do not foresee Vegas not making that bid, not getting the bid. I mean, they may, they're making the bid, but I don't foresee them not get uh, not getting it. You know, but with that said, apparently the um, announcement should be coming, you know, within the week or two. So we'll be waiting to see about that. But until then, said sit and wait and all that fun shit. Now, the main event, the main event of the evening, folks. You've been, you've been, you've been patient. For those that didn't skip through the episode, I, I, I applaud you. I applaud you. I don't know how long this episode is so far because it doesn't tell me. But hey, it's all right. I open this up. I open this up from a tweet from Dean Brown uh, from TSN 1200, uh, as he's, I believe, uh, one of the voices of the uh, Ottawa Senators on Twitter, verbatim. This is what he says: The NHL has pulled off the impossible. The devise a system no one can understand to end up with a winner no one knows. <laughs> And that right there, that right there, that, that, that's a, that should just be a fucking headline. That should just be a headline. Uh, although while I am chuckling to myself about that, I also saw a, I need to move that over, over here. And I don't know why Forest Park is trending. That's probably not good. Um, in other news, um, Jillian Fisher, for those that don't know, Jillian Fisher uh for her um funny videos that she makes involving um you know about teams and how her teams feel and whatever she uh also had a uh she had a uh, funny 
little uh, Twitter uh, uh, thread, if I can find it. Yes, yeah, so verbatim. So she has three tweets. First off, yes, the NHL draft did happen exactly as you remember it last night. No, it was not a bad dream. Yes, that means a team in the playoffs is in fact going to the first overall pick, uh, going to get the first overall pick. No, it does not make any sense. And then her second tweet goes, people already trying to ruin the fun of this ridiculous lottery. Listen, I don't care that it's technically a play-in team and not a playoff team. The whole thing is utterly ridiculous. Also, it's the playoffs. I don't care what you say. If they have a chance to compete for the Stanley Cup and be eliminated in the best of series, in the best of series, it's the motherfucking playoffs. So with that, Julian Fisher, take it to the bank, saying that the play-in is the playoffs, part of the playoffs, which in this scenario, I could agree with that. Because think of it this way. Think of it this way. For those that are still saying that the play-in is not technically part of the playoffs, riddle me this. If it wasn't the playoffs, do you think that the Senators, the Red Wings, the Kings, the Devils, the Sharks, all the teams that aren't going to be slated to be playing in the play-in, you think they wouldn't be playing if it wasn't the playoffs? If it's some regular old thing, you'd think they'd be playing. They'd be playing. So with that thought in mind, it's the playoffs. Just think of it as a five-round playoffs instead of a four. And you can quote me on that. It's a five. It's a five-round playoffs, not a four this year. So with that said, because also with the whole playing thing, how typically it goes whenever the playoffs start, right? You have your, you know, lower tier teams, Senators, Red Wings, Kings, whatever, that go for the, try to go for the first overall, right? But then you have those, like, those tweener teams where they were the bubble teams that they were on the outside looking in, but, you know, they could have made it. They typically get from like 11 to 15 in the uh or like eight to fifteen or or nine to fifteen um in the pick pool. So with that, they have these little mystery team brackets because they don't know who's gonna fit the the little uh fill thing. So they picked the draft lottery yesterday and um and the why I opened up this sec this part with you know Dean Brown saying they devised a system no one can understand because it's fucking crazy, but ending up with a winner that no one knows, even though that they, they pulled and said, Yeah, these are your draft lottery. Winner that no one knows because it's to be determined. Because one of those teams that is slated to be playing in the plan is going to be getting the number one. Uh, overall so number five overall will be the Senators number four overall will be the Red Wings even though they got shafted on that one number three will be the Senators via uh, San Jose's pick number two will be the Kings and number one will be whoever the hell knows um, so 
with that said, once the plan round is completed, one of the eight teams that loses in that play-in round will have the number one overall pick, and they will be put into a second, basically second draft lottery, where everyone, unlike the regular draft lottery, they will all have a 12.5% chance to win that number one overall. And for and also it also was made uh, quite a point that say the NHL doesn't end up returning to play. Well, then they will have to. Uh, they'll still do the everyone gets the twelve and a half percent chance. However, it'll just go um, off of the eighth uh, to fifteenth in the regular season standings. So Montreal will be in the mix, Blackhawks, Coyotes, Wild, Jets, Rangers, Panthers, and Blue Jackets would be in the mix. Um, also a note, um, Coyotes will get to keep their pick because they traded their first overall pick in a contingency to New Jersey for Taylor Hall. If it's four or less, or four or higher, I guess, depending on how you look at it, then New Jersey will get the Coyotes pick. However, comma, if the Coyotes get the first, uh, the first overall pick, they get to keep it. So, hey, hey, uh, the Coyotes, oh no, Canucks will get to keep their pick uh, if they lose uh, the plan. But if they don't lose the plan and make the playoffs, then New Jersey gets the pick that the Canucks traded away uh, earlier earlier this year. Uh, Canucks, oh, if, uh, I keep there's too many C's. Uh, the Hurricanes. We'll get to keep the Leafs or their very own pick in the trades that they've made. Um, they get to pick if they get number one or not. Uh, and the Islanders get to keep their pick if it's in the top three. Otherwise, uh, it goes to Ottawa. Uh, the Pittsburgh Penguins, who could very well win number one overall, uh, will get to keep their pick if they lose the plan. And if not, Minnesota, Bay Bay. Um, perhaps, but Penguins could make it, Canadiens, the Hurricanes, the Rangers, the Islanders, the Panthers, the Maple Leafs, the Blue Jackets, the Oilers, the uh, Blackhawks. Please, I really hope the Blackhawks don't win it. I really hope. And they don't. Please don't take you. The Predators, the Coyotes. The Canucks, the Wild, the Flames, and the Jets all have an equal potential shot at landing one Alexei Lafreniere. So, um, we'll just have to wait and see on who uh, gets rewarded for being a fucking loser. So, yeah, that's uh, it's like, hey, tough outing at the old play-in, but hey, how about it? Lexi Lafreniere, huh? Mm. Um, but yeah, that's been it. That's uh, that's yeah, that's the whole episode here. Uh, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, browsing around here on the YouTube side. Um, and I want to say I'm posting this on Facebook, and if not, then I guess whatever. Um, but yeah, put uh, like, share, subscribe regardless of whatever video platform that you're watching this on. And um, 
if you're listening to this on the podcast side, don't forget to rate and subscribe, and I'll catch you all in the next one. Thank you very much.